Welcome to the Guided Lines Podcast, the best place for tips, tactics, and stories from fishing guides around the world. And now your host, Jake Baker. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back. I'm your host, Jake Baker, and this is episode number 13 of the Guided Lines podcast featuring Trevor Kovich of Forks, Washington. We had an awesome conversation with Trevor. This guy has traveled all over the world in search of some of the best and coolest fish. Uh, He's been a guide for a number of seasons in Alaska, southern Chile, as well as the Bahamas. He talks to us a little bit about what got him started in the business, chasing his passion of fishing to become a fishing guide, um, but then obviously breaks down the unique characteristics of each of those destinations. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into it. You know I got to do it to you. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at guided lines podcast shoot me an email if you got something to say at guided lines info at gmail.com uh, if you're listening to us on itunes and or stitcher please make sure to rate review and subscribe we would really appreciate it um, so that's everything let's jump right into it this is episode number 13 featuring trevor kovich on the line with me today i have got trevor kovich from forks washington trevor how are you sir I'm doing pretty good, man. Enjoying the uh, the halftime of my summer guide gig for the most part, but it's nice having some downtime for a change. Yeah, absolutely. Part. How was uh, how's the fishing been the first half of your summer? We'll get into where you were and uh, all the crazy places you like to guide, but how how's it been the first part? Well, the you know the first part of the summer it was it was kind of crazy because when I showed up this year, you know you you look at the landscape and I could tell right away that it was uh uh winter was still kind of holding on because like all the trees hadn't started you know going off yet there was no green there was still a bunch of uh like i guess uh kelps around where i fish for the most part which are drop back steelhead and if that's the case then generally i know it's going to be a late salmon year so the salmon kind of showed up late this year which made the the first week of the season really tough but after that it was pretty much uh pretty good uh not not a whole lot of rain either which uh which made boat driving really interesting it was uh, <laughs> the lowest water in, in uh, alaska since i've been doing this this is wow. i think 14 now so wow. incredible yeah that's awesome um so talk a little bit about you know kind of growing up in washington state how where did you get your start fishing um and what kind of propelled you into you know kind of chasing that as a lifestyle and you know really as a career becoming a full-time guide um you know i know you've done a lot of a lot of guiding like you said 14 years in alaska Uh, i believe you did a few seasons in chile um the bahamas and obviously your home state of washington so talk a little bit about the passion that you have for fishing how that kind of propelled your career well, you know, I think like most fishermen, you know, you get into this because you love it. And I was fortunate enough to, you know, be born into a family that was very passionate about the outdoors. I had I had a father and uncles that were always into fishing. My father was a saltwater fisherman, uh, you know, fished a lot of gear, and my uncles were uh, were fly fishermen, so... My brother and I, we 
you know, we got a chance to experience, I guess, both sides of the spectrum, you know, from a really young age. So this is just, this has always been part of our lives. And it's just, uh, I mean, my, my grand, my grandfather was a commercial fisherman, you know, it's just something that we do. And it's, I think it's just a little bit of, you know, something in our DNA, but it's, it's, it's one of those things that I've never, you know, I've always been excited to go fishing. I've never had, right. I've never an alarm clock, you know? Yeah. So, uh, um, uh, that's why I got into it. You know, it had nothing to do with money, but you know, it's a big world and, and I can't really see it on my own dime. So the best way to see it is by working different places and getting to experience these places through, through guiding and through, and through working through my clients for the most part. And it's, uh, every, every road and every Avenue generally opens up another Avenue somewhere else. And if you right. have the mindset, you can, uh, you can travel around and see a lot of this planet and fish while you're doing it. Yeah. That, and that's something, um, you know, that I think is really cool that I've, you know, since I've been talking to a lot of fishing guides lately, um, since I started the podcast, um, you know, kind of a common underlying theme that I'm finding with a lot of you guys is, is as passionate as you are about fishing, you're also passionate about the adventure and the travel and going to experience new places. And even if it wasn't for the fishing, um, you know, you, you guys, a lot of you guys would still be taking these trips and having these adventures. Um, so it's cool to kind of find fishing as a conduit to, to get out there and experience the world and different cultures. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, I think I think we all, at least in this business, we need a constantly changing scenery. If you have a constant changing scenery, you never get burnt out. Okay, if you're in one place for a, a, a certain amount of time, like there were places where I guided and you got it there for for a while, and then you're seeing the same scenery, you're going after a lot of the same stuff, same clientele, um, in in same river, same ditch, you know. So right if you have a constantly changing scenery, which is how I run my program now, literally I, I'm never bored. I have friends in all these places, different sets of clients, and you're going after new fish and new ways. And so it, it's always keeping your mind moving. Okay. There's no, there's no, you know, no rest for your mind. It's always, it's always working and it, and it keeps you going. So it's, it's a great deal. Yeah. So kind of jump into that ever changing scenery for us. I know, uh, like we mentioned before, you've guided a lot of different spots. Early on in your career, was Alaska the first place you went? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because you know, for example, I have I have people who email me that are they're younger guys and they want to get into guiding. Okay, and so they ask how they ask me how I got my start. And the truth is, you know, when I I was banging nails on a framing crew, and I always wanted to be a fishing guide and work at a lodge but i didn't have my in you know you got to find an in to a lodge or uh, generally know somebody because just like any job you need job experience before you can you can uh, get hired on to the certain job you're looking for right yep. so um what i did is i applied for a camp hand position which is a position where look you're digging water lines you're uh uh, you're flaying fish, you're packing fish for clients, you know, you're cleaning outhouses, you're, you're running propane and gas, and you're just doing all the kind of the behind scenes work of the lodge. You know, you, you get to see the clients and the guides go out every day, but 
the beauty of that job is that not only it teaches you a work ethic, but it, it shows you the entire, you know, all the interest intricacies of the, the lodge itself. So now you know how the lodge works, you know what you expect. And while you're doing this, you learn the river. And so, you know, I would tell anybody who's trying to get into this to, you know, go, go apply for a place, send your resumes out to all these places in Alaska. You know, the worst thing they can do is say no, but tell them, you know, you, you want to work hard and, and you're willing to do whatever it takes to, to get in there. And if, and if you're a hard worker and they like you, you're going to get your shot, you know, but, uh, but Alaska is where I would start. And it's definitely where I've got my, you know, it's, it's, it's where I, I found my passion for guiding and, uh, especially Alaska. I, I have to go back every single year. There's, I don't think there'll be a year on this earth that I'll be alive when I will not go back there. It's like a, uh, you know, it's an addiction up there. I love that place. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I have not been, but that's obviously uh, towards the top of my bucket list for sure. Got um, so, you know, talk about, you know, a little bit about the fishery in Alaska, specifically where you are, uh, where you spend a lot of your time. You know, I, I first started out in the Kuskokwim Bay region, which is uh, – uh, the river I started on was the Kinectock River, and, and it had all five species of salmon, trout, grayling. So you have a, a a lot of different species to work with, and a lot of different ways to catch them. Then, when you have all these different species, you run into every different type of clientele that you can generally see, you know, through an Alaskan summer. And uh, it's it's an incredible thing, literally going from throwing a big spay rod or, or really heavy sink tips for giant chinook, which is you know how you generally start your season out there. Then then you you go right into uh, throwing mice for rainbow trout, and then throwing on beads and flesh to end your season as the as the leaves start changing, everything starts getting colder. You know, right. dealing with the bugs, everything like that. And you know, but and then. You know, I did that. I did that for I think that was about ten, like nine or ten seasons there. And then now I'm out in the peninsula, which is a just a crazy place. You know, very windy, uh, surrounded by volcanoes. Uh, the wind is great out there because I don't really have to deal with bugs anymore. It's non-existent, which is it, which is pretty <laughs> rad. And uh, and and you're fishing for a fish that literally just come out of the salt water. And if you're a naturalist guy, that's kind of what you're, you're seeking. Right. You know, so real wild, wild fish out there. It, it's, it's the wild West, man. Right. I mean, from, from the way the fish act, the way they crush your flies to the fact that when your clients at the end of the week want to get out, a big storm can come in and literally halt them on the ground, you know, for a couple of days and they might not get out. You know, it's a very, it's a very unpredictable place. And that's, that's what I love about it. It's, it's, it's true Alaska and, and the, and the wildlife around there is, is incredible too, because they're not, they're not used to humans, you know, they're, uh, you know, like some of the bears and, you know, and I would say the Bristol Bay area, they've been around humans for generations. So, you know, they, they walk by very casually and, and do all this stuff, but the, like the bears and everything where I'm at right now, I mean, they're, uh, they're as wild as can be. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty large. Uh, in the spring, they're really aggressive. 
Uh, but I don't know I've, you know, I spent a bunch of time up there and never saw a wolf until I went out to the peninsula. And, and I've seen, I think I've seen seven or eight now, which wow. is something I've always wanted. So pretty surreal, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you kind of cut your teeth there in Alaska, found your, you know, your real passion for guiding. Um, at then was Chile next or did you, I know you spent some time in the Bahamas as well. Yeah, the thing is, is you know, I decided guiding was was something I wanted to do because you know I, I I did some campaign work and then went into guiding. But the uh, but that Alaska the Alaska connection is what is what opened up the South American connection. You know, the lodge I was working for they decided they were going to open up a, a a Chilean operation. Okay, and and I was first sent down there to go explore uh, the Chinook program down there because the the chinook down there it's like the newest up-and-coming thing right okay not like the you know not like i'm talking really fresh fish right out of the ocean you know not spawners anything like that but uh but it's a really cool deal and so i was sent down there to do that but the trout was also a, a big focus point for a lot of our clients and so i think i was down there maybe four seasons and and I worked for a company, it was called uh, QA West, and we ran a 10-day road trip pretty much through Patagonia, staying like, you know, two days in every single venue at like bed and breakfast. So we would move our clients throughout a, a really large portion of, uh, of Patagonia, and you saw a high desert climate, you saw a mountain, a mountain climate, and then you saw another climate that looked like the Amazon and then right back to kind of a high desert climate. So they really got the whole spectrum from lake fishing to, to big rivers to small walk and wade streams. And we would, we would cater our trips depending on what our clients kind of wanted to do because some of our clients weren't lake fishing. And luckily we had, we had all these rivers and we knew people who had property and ranches that we could go, you know, hop a couple fences. It's a, and not to mention, it's just a, it's a beautiful country and a beautiful culture down there too, you know. Yeah, we uh, we spoke with uh, Justin Pickett of Ginking Gasoline here in, uh, just a couple weeks ago. And he was saying that that was one of his all-time favorite destinations to go fishing. And just, you know, as a culture in general, even if he, he wasn't fishing, he, he still wants to go back there again and experience that. So um, obviously that's them, that's been put towards the top of my bucket. My bucket list keeps getting longer and longer the more the more guides I talk to. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's infinite. You'd need, you need a couple lifetimes, man, too. You yeah. do need a couple lifetimes explore all the water in South America. I mean, cause all my off time down there, I literally had a, I had a crummy pickup truck and a cooler full of beer and, and, and some food. And on my off days, I go explore water and you just can't, you just can't fish at all. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Impossible. So then on to, uh, on to the Bahamas, um, and, and bone fishing down there. Talk a little bit about that and your experience. Well, that uh, really cool, you know, especially since, you know, I'm a guy from the Northwest. Yeah. You know, I'm used to mountains. And so uh, I was totally out of my element, but it was re- it was really cool because I would really rotate and go from Alaska to South America. And then I would go to Bahamas for a couple months. And I hosted a lodge down there and it was pretty much matching up clients with uh, guides, you know, making sure food comes out on time, making drinks 
stuff like that. Uh, but pretty much just making sure the anglers are ready for their day and and whatnot. But it was a full on management position, no guiding. But uh, but it it was a lot of fun and it was a totally new experience. And it, it was it was actually really great because I could drop my clients off with the guys and then I would just load up. I had this little van, looked like a Scooby Doo van. <laughs> and I would go walk a flat for a couple hours or I would go out in front of the lodge and we had a Hawaiian swing and I'd go uh, uh, shoot fish uh, off the off the pilings right in front of the lodge or or, uh, or mess around with all the conch shells. I mean, you, you could do quite a bit down there. I mean, there's also, you know, we did some night fishing for tarpon and, uh, and we also had a blue water boat too. We could go chase tuna and Dorado. That's awesome. But, it, but it was really, it, it was really cool. But it's, uh, the other thing too is, you know, as much as I, I liked it down there, the fact is, is, uh, you know, I'm a guy from the Northwest and when you're a guy from the Northwest, you, you start to long for the rain, you start to long for the mountains and, and steelhead. You know, it's, yeah, that was that was my biggest problem uh, with being there. And I and don't get me wrong, I love the Bahamas. I mean, the bone fishing and the and the barracuda and everything was just incredible. But the steelhead, the steelhead kind of dro- drove me back home for the most part. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and just doing a little bit of research, just kind of one more question for you. And I know you got a. I believe you said you're going fishing this afternoon, so I'll get you out of here. Um, you know, read was reading a little bit about you, and um, you know, kind of seemed like you've you've developed a really strong passion over the years for also uh, fly tying, and uh, you know, specifically, obviously, steelhead and snook. Uh, you know, talk a little bit about that, um, and kind of the world of fly tying for you, and, and how that's kind of enhanced uh, your your fishing for or your passion for fishing. You know the. Fly tying's my greatest, uh, I guess, blown out river day activity. Okay, and I've, I've, since I do a lot of coast fishing, the ch- you know the chance of getting blown out are are, are, are pretty good. So, so I gotta stock my boxes and, and do all that. But uh, you know my my father bought me a it was an old Dan Bailey's fly tying kit. I think when I was like. I don't know, probably eight years old or something like that. So I've been tying for a while, but it was mainly trout flies and, and stuff like that. But I think like most people in their time, it, uh, it evolves over time and you learn new things. And so my, my tying was pretty basic. I, I loved it very much and, and my flies worked fine. But uh, as far as the stuff I'm doing now, it wasn't until I met Jerry French that uh, that guy opened up uh, a whole new world of of tying for me especially when it came to anadromous fish you know i was because i was tying certain flies uh you know really easy steps and 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 they were fun they looked good but then i started uh, i started fishing and, and pounding around with jerry and he uh you know he showed me composite loops and compo- and the composite loops totally changed totally changed my tying uh as far as how i uh the strength of my flies the profile of my flies the look of my flies and then um it's uh it's it's just a whole new world and if if you're a you're a fly tire and and if you chase anatomist fish or or really any fish i would suggest you you look up composite loops and how to how to build one and you can 
the the combinations you can create, the flies you can create are are, are incredible, you know. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, we really appreciate you coming on today, Trevor. For those out there who would like to check Trevor out on Instagram, um, you can find him at Trevor underscore Kovic. Uh, if you'd like to find some time to go fishing with Trevor, uh, his email is opflyguy at gmail.com. Uh, I'll have all of his contact information in the show notes uh, as well at guidedlines.com. Trevor, we really appreciate you uh, coming on today. I know you got to get back out there. Good luck this afternoon, and good luck the rest of the summer. I don't think you have a good one, mate. Yep, take care.